Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We are um, in a series at the moment for such a time as this. And when we were worshipping and just pressing into God for his healing, I thought, oh, I wonder if the word section is going to come up this morning, because there's a lot going on this morning. And, you know, it's fine if it doesn't, but I'm really glad that it did, because what I want to talk about today will help us not to just have wonderful mornings where we reach out to God and we press into God and know the presence of God, but to live that in our everyday life as well. Because it's for such a time as this that we need the presence of God in our everyday. We need to know the power of God in our everyday. We need to bring the kingdom of God to people all around us every day, all the time. Can I get an amen? That's right. Good. So, towards the start of this year, the Lord spoke to me uh, in the first week of January. And he told me that we would be able to look back in a year's time and be able to say our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. It's a few words that come from a verse in Psalm chapter 16. And in verse 5 to 6, it says, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. And... I believe that God has boundaries for us and that they are really beautiful and they are really um, wonderful boundaries that will help us to flourish and to fulfill all that God has for us, that the boundaries he's put in place for us are for our good and for us to be fruitful. And I believe that one such boundary that God has for us is his pace. You weren't expecting that, were you? The pace of God. I believe a boundary for us is the pace of God, that we will be able to look back in a year, in January 24, and say, you know what, we have learnt what it means to move at the pace of God. We've learnt what this boundary of moving and living and walking at the pace of God is. And we know when we've fallen short of that boundary, and we know when we've overstepped that boundary, but we're learning more and more what it is to move at the pace of God. So I'm praying that We will know God's pace for us corporately, that we'll be able to say that we can identify and operate in the pace of God for us as his people altogether. The pace of God he has for us in in different areas and the different things that we do together as his body. We've talked about that river in Ezekiel 47, haven't we? That deepening river. And I believe that as we grow in our fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with one another, that we will be able to know when we need to go a little bit deeper and maybe perhaps when we're a bit out of our depth as well, but that we will know the corporate pace of God for us and that we will know personally what it looks like to move at the pace of God, that we will know that it won't look the same for each of us, that it won't look the same for me in each season of my life, but that as I follow and walk with Jesus, I'm learning his pace for me every day in every way. When God sets the pace, here's a little line for you if you want to write a note. When God sets the pace, God gives the grace. If we live at God's pace, we will know God's grace. If you remember nothing else, please remember that, that if we live at God's pace, we will know God's grace. And so that's a bit of context for what I want to talk about today. And then I was just really struck by a particular slide that my dad put up on the screen when he spoke about kingdom advancing um, towards the end of January and he put this slide up and it was to make the point that stated in Genesis and then restated at the end of Matthew and the start of Acts is the fact that God has created us 
to fill the earth and to bring his rule. He's created the world to have it filled with his image bearers, that's us. For us to be fruitful and to multiply is the mission and mandate of God for us. And when we receive power, we don't receive a force or an energy, but we receive the person of the Holy Spirit. We receive power, and at the same time, we receive the guide. We receive the counsellor. We receive the friend. We receive the one who leads us. And it's by following his lead and going at his pace that we then find ourselves operating within the environment of his grace. You know, Jesus went around healing, delivering, teaching, rebuking, feeding, persevering, resting, restoring. And he did that in the power of, with the presence of, at the pace of the Holy Spirit. He did. And we find that there is grace for kingdom advance and for flourishing lives when we co-labor with the Spirit of Jesus that lives in us. That's right. As we walk at God's pace, we know God's grace. So we need to talk this morning about how we live at the pace of God, because as we do, we will know the grace of God. And I've got three little keys. It's good to do things in threes, I think. I've got three little keys for living at the pace of God. But first, let me just tell you a couple of stories, which I hope will help to paint a bit of a, a picture for us. So I wondered if Tim or Andy were in the room this morning. I think Tim's gone to Hot Rock, and Andy's perhaps not here, but... They would, have, they would have been laughing along with this story if they were here, but maybe you guys can laugh along to, just to humour me anyway. But um, a couple of summers ago, using the word summer quite lightly there, um, we went on a big bike ride, and um, we were going to travel from Hinkley to Barmouth on the Welsh coast over to Hunstanton on the east coast. And um, we chose the August bank holiday weekend, thinking, you know, Sunny days, blue skies, just still weather, cruising through as we went on our uh, charity bike ride. Um, unfortunately, this is England, um, so it didn't quite work out like that. And as you might have guessed, our four days of cycling were almost entirely filled with three things I'm not a huge fan of, um, which are rain, cold, and wind. And, yeah... And being exposed to the elements with the, the wind pushing you back and the rain weighing you down and the cold, quite frankly, bumming you out um, is tough going. It's, it's, it's tough going. Um, but that's when you become immensely appreciative of a wonderful phenomenon, which you can see on the screen here, and it's something called drafting. Oh, I'll tell you what. Drafting is when you cycle as close as you possibly can to the person in front of you, to the person that you're following, which you do by, just listen for the metaphor here, okay? Which you do by moving at the same pace as them. And as you travel at the same pace together, you're still exposed to the elements, but the brunt of the wind and the rain is absorbed by the leader, and there is an ease, or a grace, you might say, that you can operate in, which isn't there when you're cycling solo. Now, on the run-up to my cycling trip, I was aware that if I wanted to maintain the same pace as my leader all day, I couldn't just turn up and do the job. I had to have a lifestyle of training, discipline, and rest. I knew that if I dropped off the pace or went ahead of the leader, I wouldn't know where I was going, not just because I had a really old second-hand Garmin that ran out of battery every sort of 20 minutes, but because I didn't actually know the route. The person that planned the route was leading the way. I had to stay close. I had to follow them closely. I had to make sure 
that I stayed close and I kept going so that I knew where we were going next. That's story number one. Did you pick up a few little pace and grace related things in there? Yeah? Okay. And the second story, which comes with this image here, is something that happened to me a bit more recently. Uh, it's not quite so funny, but um, this... I've only had a few times where I'm really kind of praying about something or going through something, and the world and God's creation has really spoken about the situation to me and, and for me. And uh, a few weeks ago, you might remember that it snowed. I know. This time last year, it was baking hot Easter weather, wasn't it, or whenever that was, but um, it snowed a few weeks ago. It was heavy snow, so much so that, as we tend to do when snow comes, everyone's not sure quite what's, what's going on, but, but it snowed quite heavily, and I was walking to work in the morning, and the sky was white, much like on the picture, and the snow was falling all around and being blown into my face, and the ground was completely covered, and I couldn't really see all that well. Um, it was cold and blustery, and it was hard work. And at the same time, as I mentioned, I, I was praying really earnestly. I wasn't praying because of or about the snow, but the physical circumstances and the environment around me really spoke into the situation that I was praying about. And I cried out in prayer. Uh, excuse me if I get a bit emotional. Lord, this is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I've never been this way before. And a little further along, there was an area of the path that was covered by a canopy of trees. And the ground was completely clear in that space, and it was much like the shelter of the Lord. And there was a, a real desperation in my soul to, to get to this place. And I did, and I stood there a while, and I rested, and had a bit of a cry. And I looked out into the snow again, and I said again to the Lord, this is hard, I don't know where I'm going, I can't see, I've never been this way before, and I just felt the Lord say, it's okay, stay close, I'll lead you. And so I stepped out again into the snow, and I carried on, and it was still hard, and I was still exposed to the elements, but for the remainder of the walk, I really felt like I was staying close behind Jesus. It was like the drafting that I'd experienced on my cycling trip, and there was a grace as I walked at his pace and followed his lead. And as I've been reflecting on these two experiences, my heart has really just been longing more and more for every step that I take to be at the pace of God and therefore anointed by God's grace. And not just for me, but I, just, I really feel for, for all of us that there's just the, the longing of our Father this morning is for us to know the pace of Jesus, for us to know the pace of the Holy Spirit, for us to know God's pace for us and walk in his grace. And so I'm going to share three just very simple keys for us to walk at the pace of God this morning. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Good. Crack on, says Chris. <laughs> Cracking on. So you might be familiar with these words from Matthew 11, and I just, as I read these, as I read this scripture, I just felt highlighted three keys for us to walk at the pace of God. So feel free to turn there if you like, or look at it on the screen. But in Matthew 11, from verses 28 to 30, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Key number one, Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Learn from me, for me at least, has implications of staying close, learning from God, staying close to him. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And therefore, it's not an invitation for us just to stop and down tools, but it's for us to keep going, but, that, but in the pace and in the grace of God. So Jesus' invitation for us is to stop doing things in our own strength and to learn how to live and move and do at his pace by his grace. So rest, stay close, keep going. So let's have a little look at rest, shall we? And just a disclaimer, when we get together for momentum in a few weeks' time, some of these things are going to be unpacked in much more detail um, and with really great life application from wonderfully gifted people that will speak on these subjects. So you'll have to put up with me just for now, but um, when that happens, it'll be unpacked even further for you. But let's have a little talk about rest first of all. Psalm 91, verse 1 to 2, wonderful psalm. Um, when I sort of made it to this canopied tree place um, as I was walking up to work in the snow, um, just felt the Lord whisper to me, Psalm 91. And it says in, in that psalm, those who live or abide in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Pace is sustained by rest. But we have to ask ourselves a question, um, and it's alluded to a little bit in that psalm there, but it's this, do do we trust God enough to rest? If you stop doing things in your own strength, do you trust that in your weakness God is made strong? Do you trust that as you take your hands off, God continues to hold all things together? We, we need to rest. God commands rest. Jesus practices rest. And I think that can look a couple of ways for us. And we need to rest from doing things on our own strength, for sure. We, we definitely need to rest from doing things on our own strength. And you know, if you don't know Jesus yet this morning, you may well feel like you're doing everything in your own strength And you might feel weary and you might feel burdened. And that's because there's a rest for you that only comes as you put your faith and trust in Jesus. As we come into relationship with him, we allow him to take the lead and we follow closely and the grace of God towards us brings an ease. It doesn't mean things aren't hard anymore, but it means that we're following the one that knows the way. And so if you don't know Jesus this morning, uh, I would say you need to come into relationship with him. You need your heavenly father, you need Jesus Christ, the sacrifice. He laid down his life so that you could come into relationship, so that you could be reunited with the father God who has his arms stretched out to you this morning, who loves you, who wants the best for your life and who wants his spirit to lead the way for you. So you don't keep having to make decisions from your own mind, but you can trust in Jesus who knows best and will lead you. And if you want to know that relationship this morning, Um, A, you can't earn it. There's nothing you can do. There's no work that you can do to earn a relationship with Jesus. But B, you can receive it by his grace. It's a gift. It's a gift that we can receive to come into relationship with Jesus. And I or anybody here that 
knows Jesus, would love to pray with you to help you to make that decision this morning. So we might need to rest from doing things on our own strength and come into relationship with Jesus. But we might also know that there was a season for us when there was really a grace of God and we, we were moving at his, his pace through that season. But actually, that, that grace has left. And we're now doing things in our own strength when God's moved on to do something else and, and would have liked us to follow him in that direction. But if you just consider, you might know, actually, I, I'm now doing this in my own strength. There's not the grace of God for me here. I'm not walking in the pace of God for this. So we might need to rest from that, from doing things in our own strength. Might also need to rest from doing, full stop. (laughs) Just rest from doing. Um, With the bike ride, you know, I had to build in rest into my uh, routine and and training and, and discipline. If you don't rest, then you don't have then all of what you need for when you're not resting. And... Resting from doing, um, this is not a preach about Sabbath, so we're not going to go into loads of detail here, but we could do. But resting from doing is a principle outworked by God himself. I mean, if you need a, if you need a gold standard, God is, is pretty good, isn't he? But God, when he created the world, worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. He knew that rest was important. And he said that it was very good when he, when he rested on, and did the work of creation and not only that, but he built into creation itself the principle of rest. With agriculture, he said that the land needed to rest in order for when it had had that time of rest, it could be fruitful again. When, he, when you go through those um, few days of creation, you, you see this wonderful thing of there was evening and then there was morning the first day. There was evening and then there was morning the second day. And just this idea that work comes from a place of rest that as you begin with the evening and with sleep and then you come into the morning, there's just this, this principle, this idea of rest being built into creation. And then he commands it to his people in literally the commandments. In the Ten Commandments, he commands his people to rest. And when God does that in Exodus, it's because of creation. That's kind of his, his reason for saying rest because on the seventh day, God rested. And then those commandments are restated in the book of Deuteronomy And this time, it's to do with liberation. It's because he's delivered his people out of Egypt. Remember how I delivered you. Remember how I sustained you. Remember how I brought you through. Remember how I provided manna for you. Remember how I did all of these things. When you stopped, he's still working. We sung it this morning, didn't we? Even when I don't see it, you're still working. Even when we rest, God is still working. And so there is a rest from doing. And we have to make space for that in our lives and we we rest from doing in our own strength we rest from doing full stop and we do that to be with God you know we rest to be with God and I think we we might need to be a little bit more concerned about being with God than doing for God it's not that we don't do for God but do we need to be a bit more concerned about being with God than we are about doing for God because it's very easy just to to crack on and do, do all the things without taking the time just to be with God, yeah. to delight in God yeah. as he delights in us. Yeah. You know that God enjoys your company? That Jesus loves to spend time with you. He delights in us. Yeah. He loves it when we, we come to rest and to be with him. Yeah, we come to dwell with God as he dwells with us. It's that word abide, isn't it? That we, we abide with God as he abides with us. He abides on the praises of his people. As we lift up the name of Jesus, he lives 
in that place. And so it's for us, I think, to cultivate our fellowship with the Holy Spirit, to rest and to just to be with God. And as we do that, I, I just felt that, that God said this phrase to me, which is that communication flows so much sweeter when it comes from communion. You know, that we're not just asking God to, to speak to us and to tell us what to do and to, to lead us and to guide us. We, we do all of those things, but that comes from a place of communion, that we come just to be with God, to minister to God, to enjoy his company as he enjoys ours. Communication flows so much sweeter when it comes from communion. And you know, the grace of God for us is that as we rest, he refreshes us. As we take our hands off, he holds all things together. As we stop, he is still going. And I believe that as we rest, as we spend time with him, as we draw near to him, he will show us more and more the pace he has for us. And it's within that loving, nurturing, walking relationship with the Lord that he also bestows his grace on us. People that he's given us a grace for. Gifts that by his grace he's he's given to us. Situations that he has grace for us to walk through. Kingdom advance at his pace by his grace. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Everyone say, I need to rest. Everyone say, I must rest. Everyone say, not resting is not an option. Amen. You said it. Okay, so we rest and we stay close. This is a good word. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell or abide in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. Gazing and seeking are both intimate relational words, both words which you, which as you think about them, make me think at least that they're about learning about the subject of our gazing or our seeking. As you gaze, as you seek, you're learning more and more about the person that you're gazing at, the person that you're seeking after. And if pace is sustained by rest, then I'd say that pace is maintained by staying close. Pace is maintained by staying close. And you might want to ask this self your question, this yourself this question, or if you um, are in the habit of discipling somebody, which I'd recommend that you are, then you might want to ask them this question as well. What are you learning from Jesus at the moment? What are you learning from Jesus at the moment? As you're staying close, as you're gazing, as you're seeking, what are you learning from Jesus at the moment? Because if we're close enough, there should be things that we're learning about Jesus. Are you staying close enough that you can clearly see him and where he is leading you? So we, we need to stay close. It's, it's as you stay close when you're on your bike that there's this amazing drafting experience, that there's this ease, there's this grace. And we stay close in, in many ways. And again, these things will be unpacked further at Momentum, but just to say in seed form, stay close by pursuing him in prayer. Oh man, if, if the word implore could mean more than it does, I would implore you to pray. I I know that we pray, 
And I would implore us to pray. To pray more fervently, to pray more often, to pray in more variety, to pray. Stay close by pursuing him in prayer. We're reading through the New Testament at the moment, um, just been reading through the Gospels, and if you're doing that with us, you will be aware that Jesus made time to pray, that Jesus often withdrew to to pray. It was an integral part of his life. It was an integral part of his lifestyle. He taught others how to pray. Prayer was was not um, something that he did every now and again. It was very much a part of who he is and how he operated. And we too need to prioritize prayer. Prioritize prayer, I would say, that is conversational, that involves as much listening to God as it does talking to God. Prayer that is relational, that is a two-way conversation between us and our Father. We need to stay close by pursuing him in prayer. And we need to stay close by studying him in Scripture. Jesus knew the Scriptures really well. He understood what needed to happen when and how quickly because he understood his Father's timeline, his pace, outlined in the Old Testament Scriptures. Time and time again you read, Jesus did this to fulfill... And it was because he knew the word of God so well that he was literally walking at the pace of God, going around and fulfilling the scriptures that were about him. But you know, in the same way, God has made us very precious promises. God has made promises to us and about us and they are contained in his word and then um, given further light to an impact more as we receive prophetic word. And we need to know what those words are to us and therefore walk at the pace of the words that God has for us, that we study the scriptures to find out God's word to us, which will guide us and inform us of the pace that he has for us. And the grace of God for us is that as we stay close, he saturates us. Fresh appreciation for that word over the last few weeks, saturation. Not a word I use very much, to be honest, but we've heard it a few times recently, haven't we? To be saturated. And as we stay close, we are saturated by the Lord. I've heard a few times this phrase, dusty disciples. I don't know if you've heard that. But there's this phrase, dusty disciples, which is where the disciples of a rabbi would stay so close to their leader that the dust from their sandals would be all over them because they would be following them so closely. And It might not sound like the most appealing image, but I really want to be a dusty disciple. I want to be absolutely covered in dust. Do you? You want to be dusty? (laughs) But I like like the imagery that, that we're following so closely to our leader that we are covered in all that he has for us. You know, like when you're, um, well, this happened to me recently. I came came home with a Chinese. I mean, praise the Lord. Um, (laughs) But as I unpacked the Chinese, put it on the plates, and ate the Chinese, I then uh, went to bed, and then in the morning I smelt my T-shirt, and it smelt very much of Chinese. It had been very close to the Chinese. It had picked up the fragrance of the Chinese. Oh, my word, I'm hungry. But, (laughs) you know, as we stay close, that we pick up the fragrance of the one that we're with, that we are much like Moses, who every time he went to spend time with his father, with the Lord, that his face shone with the glory of God, that people would know that we'd been staying close to the one that's leading us. Because as we do that, 
we reflect that grace of God into our own lives, into the lives of other people, into the world around us as we take each step, each day, advancing the kingdom of God at his pace. So what are you going to do if you want to walk at the pace of God? What's the first thing you're going to do? Rest. Come on, guys. It was really simple. Rest. What's the second thing you're going to do? Stay close. Stay close. Amen. And what are you going to eat for dinner tonight? <laughs> so, that's right, Longy, Chinese. So, the, the third thing is that we keep going. That we keep on going. I can't not read Psalm 23 because it's just one of the most wonderful texts. But Psalm 23, in fact, turn to Psalm 23, would you? Turn it up because you might have a different translation to me and then you'll see even more about it. Psalm 23, very fittingly for this morning, is titled The Good Shepherd. And I just invite you to believe these words this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell or abide in the house of the Lord as long as I live. If our rest is sustaining our pace, and if our staying close helps us to maintain that pace, then I would say that our pace is ingrained by keeping going. That as we keep going, we're learning more and more and more what it is to move and to walk and to live at the pace of God. It's becoming ingrained as we keep going. Because we're not, as I said, we're not resting just to stop and to let God do it all. We're resting to learn from him and then to keep going, to keep walking at his pace by his grace. And so you might want to ask yourself this question. Am I making a daily decision to take up my cross and walk at his pace? Am I making a daily decision to take up my cross and walk at his pace? And I'd suggest that we do, obviously, because it's as we keep going, <clears throat> it's as we keep going that we claim the whole landscape for kingdom advance. Do you remember what God said to Joshua? Every step you take, you're claiming the land. Everywhere you step will be yours. In Joshua 1 verse 3. As we step out in the grace of God, at the pace of God, we have all that we need for every part of the journey, for the whole landscape. And we're not defined by our situations, 
but we bring the grace of God to them and we walk through them, bringing life to our surroundings. We claim the whole landscape for kingdom advance. Earlier on, I read a little bit from Matthew 14 and I'm just going to, this chapter is absolutely blowing my mind recently. Turn to Matthew 14. This is a wonderful example of, of Jesus knowing the pace, living, therefore, in the grace of God to walk at his pace, and just through the ups and the downs and through the whole landscape in the valley and on the mountain, just bringing life to all of his surroundings, advancing the kingdom because of the grace of God as he walks at the pace of God. And so from verse 13, with the little bit of context that John the Baptist, who was dearly loved by Jesus, a member of his family, had just been beheaded. And he finds out this news in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 14. Terrible news. And it says, when Jesus heard about it, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. He needed to rest. He needed to stay close to his father. And when the crowds heard this, they followed him on foot from the towns. As he stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Grace of God. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, this place is a wilderness and it's already late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. They don't need to go away, Jesus told them. You give them something to eat. All right then, Jesus, (laughs) said the disciples. But we only have five loaves and two fish here, they said to him. Bring them here to me, he said. Then he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate and was filled. Then they picked up 12 baskets full of leftover pieces. Now those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Jesus is working hard here. You know, he's fed 5,000 people. He's now dismissing the crowds of 5,000 plus people. He sent the disciples away. And after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Again, withdrawing to rest, to stay close, to hear from his father, to listen, to talk. But the boat was already over a mile from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Sounds like my cycling trip. Around three in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea. Okay? When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. He started walking full of faith by the grace of God at the pace of Jesus. You know, within the pace of Jesus was to to walk on the water. And we start to see a little bit of that there. 
But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And then he started to do it in his own strength. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. And once they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. When the men of that place recognised him, they alerted the whole vicinity and brought to him all who were sick. They were begging him that they might only touch the tassel of his robe, and as many as touched it were made perfectly well. A day in the life of Jesus. Just knowing the pace of his father dealing with really real, difficult stuff and therefore making time to to rest, making sure he stayed close and keeping on going. Hearing from his father where to go, what to say, who to heal, how to feed, what miracles to do. Advancing the kingdom because of moving at the pace of God, living at the pace of God and therefore knowing and operating in the grace of God. And I don't know about you, but I want more of that. I want to walk at the pace of God and know his grace in my life and towards my surroundings. The grace of God for us is that as we keep going, he keeps sustaining us. As we keep going, he keeps sustaining us. And so, very simply, if you just put um, Matthew 11 back up on the screen, Pete. An invitation for us this morning wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life, from Jesus that says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the more and more I read those verses and start to think more about moving at the pace of God the more this word abide just keeps coming up to me over and over again that's why I highlighted it in those verses we went went through and I'm just going to ask the worship team if they would pop back up please but we we're going to spend a few moments abiding with God abiding as in to rest to stay close to keep going. It's not a, a passive word. It, it, it's very active. Jesus abides with us everywhere we go, everything we do. We abide with him as we keep moving, as we keep going. We know him. We, we love him. We enjoy a relationship with him. We abide with him as we keep going. And what that means is it, it goes beyond just today. It goes beyond just, not just, that's a terrible word to use, but it goes beyond coming together corporately into the presence of God and reaching towards him for healing in every area of our lives. It goes beyond that. Abiding goes into the everyday. And that will be so much, it will be such an easier thing to live out if we will prioritise rest, staying close and keeping going. So as we spend a bit of time singing to the Lord and, and just making a deliberate decision to abide with him, can I encourage you to think about how you are going to rest? 
how you are going to stay close and how you're going to keep going. You might go home from today and literally take out your diary to make time to rest. You might go home from today asking the Lord for a renewed passion for prayer and for a desire to discover Jesus in the scripture. You might go home from today and make a fresh commitment to keep going because although things are hard, the pace of God and his grace towards you will sustain you. So I'd suggest you make a decision to abide with God and you take that home with you and you start to live that. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I've been doing. God keeps reminding me of these things. I keep putting them into practice again and keep learning more about them and realising how much more there is to them. But we're in this for the long haul. You know, we're not sprinting to burn out. We're not running fast without one leading us and guiding us to sustain us and keep us going. So why don't we stand to our feet and just commit ourselves afresh to Jesus for now, but for tomorrow as well. That tomorrow morning we make those decisions, we keep going, that we rest, that we stay close and we keep going knowing the grace of God as we walk at the pace of God. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.